Let's get our Bible in our hands. Let's get ready for the word. God has a word for us this morning. Again, for those joining us online, I want to welcome you. I pray that you will enjoy the time tomorrow. That is a Memorial Day, and you enjoy time with family and friends. And let's just dive into the word of the Lord and give you some encouraging words to share with those, perhaps, if you're connecting with them uh, as family. That will be encouragement to the people that you're going to meet with. Uh, for those who are taking notes, I want you to write the title down for this message, and I have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Hannah preached a message entitled, Blinded by uh, Strength, Blinded to God's Strength, and uh, in the youth group, and I said, man, what's a great word, and so I prayed, and as I was preparing my message, I said, Lord, let me give the adult version of, of what she, she ministered uh, to the teens. So uh, if you're taking notes, this message is entitled, God's Strength for Every Season. God's Strength for Every Season. God's Powerful Strength for Every Season. What a powerful declaration And throughout the scripture, we see that God's strength is evident throughout every single page of the word of God. And so we want to dive into that for the time we have together uh, this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the revelation of your word that you are doing what you are doing, not because of us, but because of your name. That you are acting because of your strength that you're releasing to us. I thank you as well, Lord God, that you have declared to us that we are the salt of the earth and that this is the time for the church, Lord God, to not only shine their light, but to be the salt of the earth. And so I pray that you give us the strength that is available, that we will indeed be obedient to all that you ask us to do and that, Lord, you will heal hearts Mend minds, strengthen us by your grace and the power in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let me um, invite you to turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. Exodus, chapter 15. That's the second book of the Bible. The term Exodus means to be called out. It is the uh, Greek word that they use uh, when they were... Looking at the writings, the Torah, the five books of the, of the Bible, the first five books, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And so Exodus is a book that we need to sink our teeth into because um, not only does it speak of the history of a nation, but it speaks to us as God's people. And so in Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, I want you to go there, and then we're going to look at verse 13. And so prayerfully, we will combine these two together, and you would be able to see God's strength for every season in one event. That's amazing stuff right there, to be able to see God's strength for every season in one event. The English Standard Version says, the Lord is my strength. What a way to begin. And my song, and he has become my salvation. I am tempted to stay on that, but I will not for the sake of time. 
And then Moses continues on as the people, the millions of people who just witnessed the miraculous power of God. And he says, this is my God. And I will praise him. I have to park there for a second. A lot of people want to praise him. But few people will to praise him. And there's a big difference in wanting to do something. Many people want to love the Lord. But it's an act of your will to do it. And so Moses is writing now. And again, you have to understand as I dive a little bit deeper into the context of this song that Moses is writing that made it into the scriptures. He says that this is my God and I will praise him. He goes, my father's God. Speaking of Abraham, Isaac, and and Jacob. And he says, and I will exalt him. So there's a lot of action taking place here. All because of the original statement, the Lord is my strength. One event that reveals strength for every season. Only you can do that, God. Only you can take one event in my life. Although there are many things that I will encounter. Although there are many events that I will experience. He's saying if you just take one event and you see that it's my strength, then you'll be able to understand that it's for every season. And then you will act by declaring, I'm going to praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Verse 13 of Exodus, same chapter, says in more detail, you have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. Now, let's give some context to it now. He's given a theology, but now he's making it practical. He said, I don't want you to forget what just happened. And he goes, and you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. For those who are taking notes, I want you to write down, and I want you to remember these. First point is the introduction to this event. The introduction to this event, and I'll be making some Subpoints in that. But the four major points that I want to give to you, perhaps, so that if time runs out, you at least have these, and you can ask the Holy Spirit to unfold and give you the understanding in, in more context. Let me give you the four things. The first thing is this, in God's strength for every season, the first thing is this, write this down, God's strength against your enemy. God's strength Against your enemy. In other words, use God's strength against your enemy. That'll put put things in perspective of how you can love your enemies. (laughs) Is by using God's strength against your enemies. Because God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. That is so good right there. Because some of us are exhausted trying to deal with our enemies. And God is saying, use my strength against your enemies so you stay in covenant with me. That's so good right there. Because what they inflicted on you, until you can realize who is the real enemy, until you get to a place of maturity to really understand who the real enemy of these United States is, use my strength against your enemies. That'll keep the church holy. Someone say holy. Yeah, to keep the church holy. The second point is, um, is this: trust God's well-proven strength. And so the second point is God's well. 
proven strength. And he's saying, trust. So he says, use my strength against your enemies and also trust my well-proven strength. So, so there's dimensions of God's strength that he's revealing to us in one event. Someone say one event. So in your life, if you ever took the time to get to the table and to journal the events of your life, and as you look at all the pain and also the pleasures, come on. If we see God's strength in the midst of it, then we will conclude that one event, we can conclude that this one event can reveal God's strength for every season. But God is consistent in what he's doing. Point number two was trust God's well Proven strength. You can't parent without God's strength. You can't run a business without God's strength. Now you can try it, but it's not going to be fulfilling without God's strength. Point number three is this. Um, God's strength, God's strength equips you. His strength equips you. There was a purpose to this event in Exodus that we're going to be looking at. Um, the Exodus event is vital because you can't get to Deuteronomy without going through Exodus. You really can't. And you really can't get to Deuteronomy without going through Numbers. When God was declaring his covenant with his people. And so he continued to remind the people of this event. And he's saying that, that this event, this Exodus, this, this crossing of the Red Sea, it, it was introduced to you so you will know that, that my strength equips you. It equips you. And number four, God's strength energizes you. Oh, man. See, there are some Caleb's in the house. Come on. That says, listen, I went the first generation. They were a bunch of idiots. You know what I'm saying? And so we wanted to go into the promised land when I was young. But because they didn't have the faith to believe yet. I still kept the faith. And then Caleb said, give me this mountain. Come on. Mm, you got to understand. He remembered the exodus. People have came and they went. Some raised up. Some died for a variety of reasons. But Caleb said, I remember one event. And the same God who was faithful in that event. Come on. Is the same God who energizes me at my age of 80 years old. So give me this mountain. Mm. And I'll take it for my family. I'll take my table back. So in the kingdom of God, there's no retirement. Come on. There's no retirement. God's strength for every season of your life. And so if you look at these four things, you will finally then be able to embrace what God has wanted us to embrace is this. Is that there's a strength that is available. There's a strength that is available. It's a strength that is available and it's called I can do all things strength. Because as we look at and we are, we are looking at this message of, of take your table back. This is a message and I'm so humbled and honored that God has chosen this house to reveal a prophetic word. An apostolic word that's going to change our nation. So while you're praying for this nation, God is saying, rely on my strength and take your table back. There's too many. There's too much confirmation, excuse me. 
that has come across my eyes to ignore what God is doing. And so if you will allow me the grace to continue to share with this, you will see why it is vital, why the enemy is going to fight us to take our table back. He's going to fight you. He's going to fight you. And we know this to be the case because in Exodus chapter 15, if you ever have understood this particular story, it's a great story. And how this happens is that, is that God, right, uh, his people are in Egypt and they are just being absolutely mistreated. And, and, and they are crying out to God because of their taskmaster and, and everything is happening. And God is now saying, I'm going to deliver you out. And this is where we get the 10 plagues, right? The 10 plagues that was there. And, and, and I'm not sure if you know this, but every plague that God destroyed every God, he was destroying a God that the Egyptians believed in. And so it was a battle of the gods what was going on. Because the Egyptians had a particular God for everything. But Paul summarized it this way. He calls it the God of this world. So, so this is a revelation you need to understand. There is no other God. The enemy wants you to think there's other God. There is no other. There's only one God. His name is Jehovah. So when he talks about the God of this world, he's talking about Satan. He's talking about what he has done in trying to rebel against God. But let's not get it twisted. There isn't God and Satan. Oh, no, there isn't. Because when Moses went down and said to Pharaoh, let my people go, Pharaoh called his bad boy and says, okay, come on, Moses, you want a challenge? And so Moses dropped his staff and it fell and became a snake. And they dropped their staff and same thing. So you're going to be doing things and be like, okay, this is God. And the enemy is going to be able to masquerade, do things, going to make it seem as if it's God and it's not. Because he wants you to think there's some battle taking place between God and Satan. It's not because I'm not talking Jesus. God is like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know Satan was going to do that. Come on, let's have a board meeting, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. It's Satan does what I want him to do. That kind of authority. Oh, God. And so in the story, you have to understand, because if we're going to look at God's strength for every season, we must understand then that what God is doing and what God is showing us is that God has the power to redeem us. Why? Because you have to connect, write this down, strength with steadfast love. So you can't have God's steadfast love without his strength. And you can't have God's strength without his steadfast love. And that's why when Moses wrote this, after they came through the Red Sea, he's writing this song and he wants them to understand that God is revealing his strength in this particular event. And so what has happened is this, is that finally now they came out of Egypt and they're on their journey. They're on their journey to where God's taken them. Moses is leading millions of people. Moses is leading the millions of people who are coming out of Egypt. And in the introduction, what we find now is that they need strength. They need physical strength. Because if you read the text carefully, watch this now. That when God redeemed you, when God saved you, here's what he did. He bankrupt the economy of hell. The word economy means the management of one's household. And so when he redeems somebody, he redeems them. And what he does now, he bankrupts the economy of hell to bring it to the economy of God called his kingdom. And so in this one event, we see that when they're about to leave, God told them, go borrow from the Egyptians. Take back everything you labored for. Oh, God. 
Don't leave empty-handed. Oh, you got to get that. Come on. Take your joy. Take your peace. Take your gift. Take everything. So when you get saved, don't make it seem like, oh, my gosh, I'm missing things from the world. No, baby. God is saying, take your joy. Take your peace. Take all the good things and come with me and see how good I am to you. The reason why some people go back is because they didn't take the joy with them. And so on their journey, walking with the Lord, they don't understand. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That was said in the midst of labor. Come on, it wasn't said in the midst of being under some tree, you know, and someone waving a palm branch over you. No, that was in the midst of labor where the enemy was trying to say, you can't build that wall. And if you build that wall, a fox can run up and it's going to break. They were taunting. They were trying to intimidate the people of God. I'm here to tell you right now, the reason why you need strength is because the devil is going to try to intimidate you. Say, you can't, you can't fulfill that dream. No, 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 no. Look what you've done. But you've got to tell the devil, no, I took my joy back. I took my peace back. I took my I hope back when I was redeemed, I bankrupt hell. So shut up, devil. And now you add to the economy of the kingdom of God. Hey, man, can we teach salvation properly? We got to teach assurance, not fire insurance. I'll let that sink in right there. We got to teach assurance. Our kids are not assured, they don't know, they have no clue. What do you mean I'm a Christian? They have no idea. And so in this introduction, we have to understand what strength is. So, so I quote, when we think of the concept of strength, we mostly commonly associate with physical power. Physical power. But yet strength and power are overlapping. So sometimes when he talks about strength, he's talking about power. And sometimes you're reading the Greek or in the Hebrew where it means might. It means might. So when we talk about strength, don't just limit it to physical power. Also see it that there is this concept, right? There's this concept of power and might. And so what he's saying was this, that when you came out of Egypt, he says, take everything with you. So they had to have the strength. Remember, they were beaten and they were abused. And God is saying, but take your stuff with you. Why? Because then you need to build a place for us to worship. And so when he saves you, people get saved and they lose their mind. No, God says, find your mind. Use your gifts and your talents. Come on. And some people get saved and they don't give as much to God as they gave to the world when they were in the world. What's wrong with that picture? That's because nobody told you you can still use your gifts and talents. Come on, it's not worldly. There's no thing between secular and sacred. It's all God. It's the enemy because you were in the world where he beat you up and gave you traumatic experiences that you're now afraid of doing the things you did in the world because you were not assured that it's God. And so you have no strength. You come into the kingdom of God and you're like, well, I wasted all my good years in there. And God has said, no, no, the devil is a liar. Because if you see strength, I continue to quote, it has the sense of inherent capacity. This word strength means capacity. Capacity for what? To act effectively, whether physically in carrying your prosperity or intellectually to renew your mind or morally to live righteous. You can't live righteous without God's strength. Trust me on that one. It is impossible or you would be religious. You can't live righteously without the strength that comes from God. 
And so if you see somebody struggling, it's an indication that there's an area of God's strength where they need to embrace. So it protects us from condemning because we have to make sure they may need correction. And so when we can correct, we give them the strength that's in God. Come on. And now they realize, hold on, it's like, I got power to overcome this sin. I've got the Holy Spirit. I'm in a relationship with the Father. And so therefore, I can walk in righteousness. So preacher, how does God's strength flow in every situation? Thanks for asking. Here's how it works. And we can go home with this. This is it right here. See, God is the author and giver of strength. God gives us his strength so that we can do his will and his work. God gives us his strength so we can receive, ready, and exercise grace. God gives us his strength so we can withstand corruptions. Oh, come on. And not compromise. So we can resist temptation. So we can bear afflictions. When we're wrongfully accused, you need the strength of God not to lose your mind. When you're betrayed by the same person who sits at the table with you. Come on. So you won't lose your mind. He gives us the strength that we need so we can receive grace. And we can also exercise grace. So we can bear the afflictions. And ready, and we can overcome every enemy. God gives us his strength to take our table back. Okay, preacher, so if that's the case, if, God, if God's strength flows in every season in that, then how do I get there? Someone say, how do I get there? Well, you need a GPS. To get there, you need a GPS. And so here it is now that they're leaving, they're leaving Egypt, and God is directing Moses, and he's saying, you got to get to the promised land. Now, it was a short journey, but because of all the different obstacles in the way, right, it took them forever. But it was really a short journey. So don't tell me that when you're not at a place where God wants you to be, it's, it's God's fault. Come on. <laughs> the moment God redeemed you and saved you, God put you in your finished state. Oh, good God Almighty. But then he backs up now and says, you got to work this thing out so you can demonstrate my strength. Let me say that again because somebody missed it. The moment God redeemed you, your purpose, the plans for your life, your future is secure. He doesn't save you and say, okay, now let me see what I'm going to do with you. Oh, no, no, baby. He's been writing your story before you were even born. In your mother's womb, God knew what was going to happen to you. So when God redeems you, he brings you and says, I've already completed your life. You just got to trust me and walk in my strength. That should free somebody up who's asking, what's the purpose of my life? The purpose of your life is to recognize that God is about discovery of all that you have for me. So give me the capacity. Hold on a second. I had the capacity. What I need is GPS. So if I have the dunamis, if I have the capacity, then I need direction. I need direction. And so here's Moses now, which is amazing because Moses is the first worship leader, right? And he gets a tambourine and he's worshiping. And can you get the picture? Millions of people are worshiping. Other nations are worshiping an idol, but the nation of Israel is worshiping God. And what they're doing is reaching the ears of every other nation because they're coming. Oh God. 
Every nation is hearing the resounding sound of a people who's been redeemed. They're hearing the sound of a people who destroyed Egypt. They're hearing the sound of worshipers. Come on, church. They're hearing the sound of people who come together with one purpose, and that's to exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We got to let this nation know that there's a people who's been redeemed, and you can't silence our voice. We are going to praise and worship because we're taking our table back in Jesus' name. We need direction. We need direction. And so the first GPS is God provides strength. Because in Moses, in Moses declaring this particular song, in Moses declaring this this event of the excess of of where God by his nostril, God just blew his nose and the sea opened up. Right? He just just, Just, just open right up. And so Moses was saying this, that here's a GPS, that in this song is the GPS. And he said that God provides strength because here it is. For God's strength was the source of Moses' personal salvation. And this is true for us as well and foundational. Write this down. This is critical. For continual salvation and success in every season, you have to recognize that God provides strength. Continual salvation. Continual salvation. Not the first day I gave my heart to Jesus, but continual salvation. This is important. This is very important. Because to live effectively and to be a witness and to embrace the gifts that God has given to us, we have to understand the foundation for continual salvation is found in the success of God's strength in every season. So when I am exhausted, the best thing you can do is remind me of God's strength. And even deeper, remind me of the day when he redeemed me from the pit of hell. Oh, come on. Come on. For what he did in that one act was awesome. So first is God provides strength. So if you're here and you're saying, I have no direction, I want you to stop where you are right now and understand the GPS is saying, God is shouting to you. God is declaring over this nation. God is declaring to his church. And he's saying, I provide strength. I provide strength. Don't go any further until you realize that. No, because you will fall into a pit. There are pitfalls. There are things the enemy has set up for us. And if we try to go, and I'm going to get to in our own strength, we will fall into a pit. Thank God for his grace. He'll lift us up. But I'm here to tell you that God is saying that he provides strength. Yes, he'll direct you on how to lead your family. He'll direct you on how to make decisions. He'll direct you on how to have a sound mind. God provides strength. And if you believe that, I need someone to shout, I believe it. Come on, I believe it. Yes. Let me just tell you the testimony. You got to tell people the testimony of how God provided strength when it seemed like all was going to hell. When everything was falling apart, you realize, God, I need your strength. And number two, he gives you personal strength. He gives you personal strength. He said, I know the assignment is heavy. I know that what I'm asking to do is heavy. Moses tried to negotiate with God. God, I'm not qualified. I I, I can't go back there. God, God, don't you know what I did? Moses was trying to get out of God's call. Rightfully so. Then the Israelites were a bunch of knuckleheads. They're like, I tried to help you out, God, in my own strength, and I murdered somebody. And God is saying, Moses, go in my strength because I've redeemed you. 
Moses said, I am a wanted man. If I go back there, he says, go in my strength, Moses, because I have called you. I'm the one that saved you. You think Pharaoh's daughter was the one that found you? No, baby. I'm the one that redeemed you from the water. And no matter how you enter this world, please understand that God is the one that has his hands on your life. And so he gives you personal strength. So what happens? Why is it that we seem so weak at times? And not that I'm denying or downplaying or diminishing the events of our life. I told you in one event you can see God's strength in every season. But the number one cause, well, the result of the number one cause, the number one cause of why we're exhausted is unbelief. Unbelief was the first sin. That's, that's the first sin. It wasn't taking of the fruit. It wasn't giving it to Adam. It wasn't eating it. The first sin was unbelief. That was the first sin. And as a result of unbelief, fear came in. So fear is a result of unbelief. Now, it is not a sin of unbelief. What you must do is you must believe. (laughs) So you need God's strength to believe so I don't live in unbelief and sin and bring fear in my life. Does that make sense? Because the man who came and says, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. He said, I need your strength. Your disciples couldn't cast this demon out. So I need your strength. And so he gives us that. He gives us that. And so, and so in the context, I want to paint this picture for you real quick because I think this is important because this is where we are if we're really admitted, if we're really honest about ourselves. So here they are now. And so, and so God comes in and he redeems them and they struggle with Moses. They finally say, okay, Moses, okay, we're going to go with you. And so they're coming out of Egypt now. And so they're great. They got their stuff and they're walking along. They're like, oh, this is so awesome. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden they get somewhere and there's an obstacle in front of them. Come on, God. Like... I'm enjoying this journey. And this obstacle came, as if God didn't know the Red Sea was right there. <laughs> and so they get to the Red Sea, and they're like, okay, well, okay, we can camp here. Then all of a sudden, they hear this noise right behind them. And they look back, and they realize, Pharaoh said, what did I do? I just messed with the economy. Write this down. Every battle that the enemy wages against us is for the economy. I'm not joking when I told you every single issue, the three major issues, is the economy, it's religion, and it's politics. And in the story, you see all three. And that was what was causing Pharaoh to come and say, hold on a second, my labor just went. And so our economy is stalled. Oh, come on. And so he goes after them, even after seeing what God did to all the foreign gods of Egypt, he still had the audacity to go after God's people. That's just the enemy. He is absolutely out of his mind. Come on. Because he's a punching bag, right? And so when people know who they are, come on, they can walk in victory. So it was a setup, not a stall. It was never meant for them to feel the wrath. It was for Pharaoh to finally realize it's over. Come on. And so when you accept what God has for your life and the enemy comes after you in a hot pursuit, that's an indication to get your praise on. That's an indication because God's about to give you a spontaneous song that God's about to do something. He sent the enemy up for once and for all. Use God's strength against your enemies. He brings them to the first encounter in this major event. And so what happens is it's, it's fear. We're blinded by fear. 
You see, in Psalms 106, verse 7, it says, Our fathers, uh, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous work. They didn't remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. And so Pharaoh's army is pursuing, and the Red Sea is holding them. And so they're right in the middle. And what happens, there's fear behind them, and there's fear in front of them. I quote, they had the fear of being destroyed by the one that was behind them. And they had the fear of being drowned in the other in front of them. Talk about a hopeless situation. And what we do sometimes is when we get fearful, we just sit here stuck. And we show up stuck. And we do things stuck. Because we want no one to know that we're scared. And God is saying, as long as you stay like this, you'll continue to have both of these competing voices speak to you. And you have no direction for your life because you're afraid to go this way because what's happened is you see the obstacle. And when you go this way, you see the oppressor. Come on, your past. What used to happen to you? And you sit right here, and this is what happens. And so all of a sudden, now the enemy can run roughshod because he says, the church is stuck. Because we're sitting right here like this. And so we do things. Hey, we just go right here. I remember I went to the zoo. They this, he's dead by now, but he's one gorilla. He was just the meanest gorilla in the thing. And uh, they, he, they would throw food to him. And the only time he would get it is when, like, it came and hit him. And every other gorilla was scared to go near him. You know what I mean? So if there's a food, they're like, I'm not messing with it. He was just sitting here stuck. Food's being thrown. He's just like, I can reach it. And sometimes in life when we feel paralyzed, come on. We just sit here like this. He said, God, throw me something. If it doesn't land on us, we don't think God encountered us. And we're stuck. And what he's saying is this. Exodus is about coming out of something. And so what happens is when we stay stuck. You ready for this? When we stay stuck, the enemy finds a crack. And he deposits fear into the unknown crevices. He creates division, not necessarily with people, but he creates division with your spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit says, I can do all things with Christ, but your soul says, oh, remember what happened? And your body stays stuck. And so you are divided now in your affections because of your addictions. And what he's saying is this, that when you get his strength, when you get his strength, you will realize now that what was the problem? The problem is that when I'm in this middle, that I'm blinded to God's strength. And what am I talking about? What I'm saying is this, is this, that I took all my strength just to get out of the world, Lord. And now I'm exhausted. I left my friends and I'm exhausted. I left a high paying job and, and I'm exhausted. I left this relationship and now I'm exhausted. I need my job to fulfill me, God. I need my a previous relationship to fulfill me. I need this to fulfill me and I'm stuck. I don't know what to do, God, because if I go this way, there's an obstacle. If I go back this way, there's the oppression. So I'm stuck right in the middle. And what happens is this. We start to reason with our return. Write that down. We give reason why we should return. Because it's easier to go back to what is familiar than to trust by faith what lies ahead. That's a good word for somebody right there. Somebody's getting free right now. As they come to play and shut me down. Amen. So someone gets it. We start to reason. We start to reason. I'm doing a study. I need your prayers. I'm doing a deep study of what happens when our children walks away from the faith. 
We're talking prominent preachers, prominent men of God who've given their life for the gospel message and their children walk away from the faith. And I'm wrestling with the text. I'm wrestling with God on this. I'm wrestling with this because it feels as if no matter what we do, we still can't control what our children do. And we're stuck in the middle. That we can't go back and we can't go forward. And we're stuck right here. And God is saying the reason why that is, is because we're dependent on our human strength. He says, don't ignore that. Because when you reason, what you're doing is you're relying. Write that down. When I reason, I'm relying on my human strength because I'm divided. The Bible says in James, I'm about to finish, that you're double-minded and you're unstable in all your way. You have no direction. We have no direction. Where are we going? And so what happens is we rely on our human strength. See, I'm, I'm going to end here because, because to understand to use God's strength against your enemies, you have to understand you need to stop using your human strength. You're so close. Someone say, I'm so close. Come on. You're so close. You're, you're so close to getting your breakthrough. You're so close for your child coming back. We're so close for our kids returning. I believe in Jesus' name. We're going to see the greatest return of children back to the table, good God Almighty, because their strength is running out. Their strength is running out. Don't you quit. Come on. Because someone has to give up. Don't you give up. Your kids are going to give up. They're going to surrender to the strength of God. Don't rely on your human strength. Don't rely on it. The best example I can give of this, and there's a couple of things I can really talk about what happens here is we rely on our human strength. We rely on our strong craving to feed the flesh. We, we, we rely on our strength that is dried up. We, we rely on so So what happens when we have a strong craving? This is good. I got, I got to teach you this part. What happens when we rely on our strong craving uh, to feed the flesh is our strength dries up and then we form idols that we give new life to. I'm going to say that again because you got to get that. You got to get that. When our strong craving for where we came out of They said, can we eat the food we had in Egypt for free? For free? They reasoned out the oppression. My God. They said, we got it for free? Wiping my bald head. I can't believe that. When you're strong craving for the things of this world, causes your strength to dry up. You strengthen your hands and you create new idols that you give life to. That's Bible right there. And God is saying, drop the idols. And what you need is my strength. And so, ready for this? This is so cool. You have to make sure, if you are a leader, make sure you're always teachable and always learning. Be teachable and always learning. You'd be amazed that when I meet with you and we have lunch or we meet, how I'm learning stuff from you. I'm not coming to you. I got the same Bible you have. I'm asking God to bless you, give you insight, give you revelation. I'm not Jesus. Don't ever do that. I'm just trying to communicate Jesus. You're trying to live for Jesus. 
And so I've always wanted to get to a place of where um, I'm healthy all around. I, wanna, I, I want health. Some people just look for happiness. I don't want happiness. Many of us have lost our strength trying to find happiness at the cost of our health. We want health. And so uh, Greg and myself, and I can't believe it's only been 90 days since I've met him, and we're just talking, and we're just talking about, you know, men and stuff like that. And he says, there's this challenge. And that's the word. You, you challenge me for something? I'm like, what? I'm, you ch- I'm, I, man, I play Monopoly, and I got to really repent. I'm like, God, help me not to. Help me not to flip the table if I'm losing or to cheat. You know what I'm saying? I, your pastor's trying to redeem himself, right? So I'm very competitive, especially when it comes to the word of God. Especially when it comes to the word of God. Write this down. This is free. The reason why you face challenges, God doesn't challenge you. God gives you commandments to keep. We call it a challenge. I don't, I don't want anybody to miss that. God gives us commandments to keep. We interpret those as a challenge. That's the best way we can look at it. Because Jesus says, my commandments are not burdensome. They're not. They're not. But we call it a challenge. And so he says, hey, Ro, let's go through this challenge. So myself, him, and two other guys were going through it. And it's changing the way you eat. There's a challenge for spiritual things of being vulnerable and transparent. There's accountability with other men. And so here I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor, and I'm this accountability thing. And Greg, I would text him, and there was a day where I was like, Greg, I need you to pray. Um, My strength is gone. This challenge is just, it's messing me up. I need my carbs, man. But God is dealing with my flesh so faith can rise up. He says, no, it's your human strength that wants that food. That's what it is. And I'm driving around. I'm like, listen, this thing's not working. And I call, I text him, I says, I'm struggling. I need your prayer. I need strength. My human strength is dried up and I'm about to make an idol out of something and give it life. And call the excuse of why I couldn't commit. And the moment I sent that text, I pulled in and I said, okay, man, I got to go get that grilled chicken with lettuce as the bun. But what God was teaching me was this, and here's my point. He says, your life is too busy. You got to slow down. You got to slow down and receive my strength. If you go at your pace, you're going to run out of your strength. And the enemy will put reason for your return. And so praise God, I made it because today's feast day. Praise God. Come on, clap your hands for your pastor. I get to have my pizza, praise the name of Jesus. I get to have my Tim Horton sandwich. Come on, woo, praise God. The point I'm making is that some of you right now, your human strength is dried out and you're tempted to strengthen your hands and make an idol and give it life. Stop it. Let it go from your hand. Moses, what is in your hands? Come on. Moses, what is in your hands? Stretch out what's in your hands. 
stretch it out. It's my strength. Come on. What is in your hand, TGP? Stretch it out and take your table back, saith God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you need strength this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. The prayer is simply this. I will love the Lord with all my heart. I will love the Lord with all my soul. I will love the Lord with all my might. And I love the Lord God with all my strength. Hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment for your church? What is the greatest commandment for somebody who wants to give life to something that's an idol? Tell them, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. And don't forget, with all of your strength, I'm giving this church, and for those who are listening, I'm giving you and I can do all things strength. Hallelujah. Because you will not give life to idols. No, no, no. You will walk in the power and in the might of Almighty God. That's the prayer.